Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Tuesday, August 23rd. That means it is time for another episode of The Pit. Politics in trucking. If you want to talk politics, now is your chance. And I don't have a lot today. Um, today's either going to be a shorter show or we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. I'll stay as long as you've got questions or comments, anything at all, as long as it's political. Seems like everything's political these days. So jump in and join us. Uh, I've got John on the line with me for a couple minutes. I think he's going to have to leave us and I think we'll be looking for Stanford here in a little bit. If you want to join us, jump in now. Phone lines are open, 855-950-3835. Well, let's just bring John in right now and we'll we'll get started on stuff. John, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Had a great time in Oregon. Wished I would have been able to hook up with you there. It was was a great trip. Uh, Weather's a little hot and dry for Oregon, but uh, it was great. Enjoyed yeah, uh, abandoned dunes. What a great place to go golfing. I'll tell you that. Excellent. Yeah, I wish we would have had a chance to hook up. Um, you know, I I think we're actually seeing climate change in action here. My gosh, it's. Uh, I'm not sure if I live in Oregon or Arizona this summer. Yeah, it was interesting. I, my friend said that last summer that uh, you know I don't know I I have my own thoughts about climate change. I think there's. I think there's a little bit of government manipulation going on <laughs> with uh, some of our, our our weather our weather patterns. Yeah. But um, you know, they told me last summer that they got they were up at 116 degrees in Pendleton, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" And then this, while we were abandoned dunes in 60 degree weather, uh, no rain, um, it was 106 in Pendleton, and yet in Utah this summer, up at our ranch. In the last six weeks, we've had rain every other day, and that's highly unusual for us. So it's been a it's been a really interesting pattern to to kind of observe. And uh, but you know, it was interesting and getting into the depending on the political side. I I drove right by the Pendleton flower plant that somehow mysteriously burned to the ground, yeah. it burned down. Uh, right before the harvest, which I think now makes uh, over two dozen uh, food or food-related processing plants since the first of the year have somehow mysteriously had explosions or fires destroying their ability to provide food for our people. So there's something seems to be afoot, either extremely extraordinary once-in-a-millennial bad luck or uh, somebody's trying to in, interrupt our food supply. You know, there there are several numbers and statistics that are way out of whack and nobody seems to want to explain them. We talked about a couple this morning, and this is one of them, these food processing plants. Um, the other thing with food going on that the numbers have gone way up, nobody's talking about it, food recalls because of contamination. There's an awful lot of that going on now, too. That's right. No, there just seems to be lots of problems going on in the food supply. That's pretty scary. And then, you know, you have the stories of Bill Gates and the Chinese buying up all kinds of farmland. Yeah, it's a very, very troubling trend. Um, And, um, you know, tongue in cheek, but I'm kind of glad I have my garden. Um, I'm not going to go hungry, that's for sure. So I, I want to go back to climate change since you brought that up, and that's a political topic. And I, I, I'm pretty firm on what I believe about climate change. Uh, do I believe the climate is changing? Of course it is. Why would we think it wouldn't change? It's always changed. That's nothing new. My God, didn't we learn in elementary school that the continents used to be all one big landmass? Exactly. And they all broke up into what we have now. That's a pretty major drastic change in the earth. And guess what? Humans weren't around then. So we didn't do it. 
That was just an evolution of the earth. Things change. They're dynamic. The earth is alive. Of course, it's changing. Now, have humans had an impact on that change? Yeah, there's like, I don't, I always forget this number. It's like 8 billion people on the planet. Does that sound right? Something like that. 7, 8 billion, I think. Yeah. How could we not have an impact? Uh, come on, let's be realistic. How, how can there be 8 billion human beings doing all the things human beings do? How could we not impact the planet? Of course we do. So I'm willing to agree to both of those things. Where I draw the line is we're not smart enough to know how to fix this yet. So we should stop trying because we, we really probably screwed up more than anything else. Well, both uh, both you and I. I mean, I I'm not. Uh, uh, I think I'm I'm an envir- I'm a practical environmentalist. I I don't think people should throw trash out the exactly. window of their car. I don't I don't think that you should be burning. You know that every person in uh, a small town in the mountains should be burning coal uh, that would end up, uh, you know, smoking them out. And that they, you know, looking like an old uh, London <laughs> uh, movie from a hundred years ago or something during the French Revolution. So I, I think there's a common sense that that should prevail. I'm, I'm kind of what I would say a, a multi-use person, a common sense person, just like. The idea. I mean, I, I didn't. I haven't really looked that closely at some of the challenges uh, environmentally on the water of fracking, for example. But I certainly know that we need to have uh, good energy. I, I've never really been able to understand that. It seemed like there was a lot of politics in adding uh, ethanol to our fuel. Um, Horrible idea. I don't idea. think it's that helpful. I don't think it's helpful. So I I think there's been a lot of things that have been done in the name of uh, environment that have been harmful. And and just like when people, I mean, for example, (laughs) I was driving down through your beautiful area, the Columbia Gorge, and there was giant propellers for the windmills uh, with escorted trucks that kept being in our way. Yeah. And I looked at I looked at those and I thought, now seriously, uh, first of all, visually, I would rather see houses on a hillside than a bunch of windmills myself. Yeah. So from a, a purist environmental standpoint, I think windmills are are hor- horrific for the landscape. And then I saw the size of these things <laughs> and the transportation and the expense of making it and the expense of installing. And I'm driving by miles and miles of windmills and most of them aren't even turning right. at all. And I'm like, something's not right with this picture. And then I've heard that now the next thing is, what do we do with these when they uh, need to be replaced? Where do you, where do you stash these? plastic or whatever aluminum or whatever they are made of uh and i thought well you know uh, a couple of oil derricks would would go a lot further than all these windmills everywhere well here's the other question i have about the windmill if we're going to use them why can't we build a windmill that just doesn't wear out well, what would be so hard about right. building a blade that just doesn't wear out it shouldn't there's not that it, it there's not that many issues we would have but it's like everything else the problem with that industry whether or not wind should be a part of our mix energy i don't really know and the problem with all of these things is we throw so much government money at them we will never know whether they're really viable or not my point is if it takes government money to make this happen then maybe it just shouldn't happen right well, we, we've done so many things with technology through the years. You think we could come up with something better than that. And then at the same time, you know, we're essentially deferring. I, I mean, I, I put solar panels on my garage just because I would like to have a source of energy if our antiquated grid, uh, you know, breaks down. 
you, you think about here we hear all this horror stories about the grid, and oh, yet yeah. we're spending hundreds of billions of dollars on other things. Why don't we fix the system that we have and depend on and yeah. spend the money on that, just like on infrastructure? I, I'm all in favor of having nice freeways. I don't like having big chuck holes in the middle of freeways. Not, not only are we not accounting for this, we're encouraging the, and my topic today I was hoping was going to be on the, um, the Green New Deal bill that they just passed and tried to call it an Inflation Reduction Act, which is just a joke. Uh, but I just couldn't get through the text of it last night. It's a couple hundred pages and I just got tired, so I'll try to get it done by next week. But uh, it, it looks to me, I got to do a little more digging. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. It, it, it is yeah. a horrendous yeah. nightmare. And we have an issue with the grid already, and we're going to be giving $40,000 credits to buy electric trucks. Well, electric trucks, but then also, I think, what is there, $7,000 or $8,000 credit? that they're getting for electric cars, and then the car makers turned around and raised their prices right. by the amount of the credit. Exactly. I mean, right. That's that's a good that's an inflation fighter for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. We'll so, give you credit, but we're going to raise the price. I actually, I actually have a call this afternoon about doing solar on my home, and one of the reasons I'm going to is because in this bill they upped the credit for solar too. It's now thirty percent. They will pay, the, the, and, and look, I, I complain about these taxes. I complain about these programs that should be better. I don't like our system. But if you think that I'm going to pass up the opportunities when they create them, no way. If they're right. going to make the rules, exactly. I'm going to play by the rules. I, I wish we had a different set of rules, and I'll fight to make things better. Right. But when they put a 30% tax credit in for solar, that's probably the last piece I needed. I will probably put a full-blown solar system on this house. And I'll find out today the calculations. Um, I, I may be able to produce more energy than what I need in the summertime. Well, I, you know, that's, it's been an interesting thing because I did that a couple of years ago and the credit was 20, 21% and then a couple of thousand uh, for the state. But, uh, but I did it primarily that I want to make sure that I have some power right. if there's no power. Exactly. Uh, me <laughs> so, too. So the, yeah, the, I, people said to me, people said to me, yeah, they said the payback is going to be, I said, I don't care about the payback. I care about having the lights on. Right. When no one else has the lights. Yeah, when light Yeah, when uh, when China or North Korea hack our electric grid, I want to make sure I have power. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it's uh, that the bill is horrific. I mean, I, I I you know I was really grateful that Joe Manchin was holding holding uh, this government this oh. Congress hostage a little bit. He and Cinema. But then they they bailed out. I mean, they too caved. much pressure. I mean, too much pressure. Yeah, yeah. they caved. It, it, yeah. What what a shame! Um, because we were so close. I thought we were going to sneak by without them spending billions more. Um, nothing about this bill makes sense. It can't possibly lower inflation. In fact almost everybody that's looked at it that knows anything says for the first couple of years, it's actually going to increase inflation and whatever potential savings might be there are years out. And we know by the time that happens, those projected savings always disappear. Yeah. Yep. It's a, uh, it's a sad state of affairs. And uh, I don't know, we, they say the political winds are, shifting back a little bit from the extreme situation of, of the takeover of the midterms. But um, so, uh, hopefully uh, people in the country will still look at the gas pumps and look at the inflation and look at the prices in the grocery stores. And, you know, Kevin, almost 5 million people have illegally crossed our border in the last uh, less than two years. So, 5 million. That's, 
That's the states of Utah and Oregon put together. It's insane. And so I want to get your take on this because I don't think you and I have talked about this yet. So if we look at the state of our country today and pick one thing, the border you just mentioned, they are the worst numbers we have ever seen. We've never seen anything like what is going on on the border. If that were our only problem, it would be a really, really big problem, except we're almost not even talking about it. Then you look at what happened in Afghanistan. We're a year out. We still have lots of people over there that can't get out. And nobody talks about that, that after a year, they're still over there. Afghanistan is a mess and it it is going to impact us at some point. If that was our only problem, it would be a big one and we'd be talking about it. But we're not. Uh, Crime. Crime is just insane. It is it's disgusting to watch the news and see what's happening on our streets today with violent crime. Uh, If that were our only problem, we're setting records in not good ways. If that were our only problem, it should be a big one and we should be talking about it. But we're not. Uh, We have record inflation, 40 year highs. Gas prices can come down. That's all they want to talk about. But inflation isn't coming down. It's still incredibly high if that were our only problem we should be talking about it all the time but we're not um have i missed anything it gets so confusing anymore there's so many issues um it is but, unbelievable yeah you're right so but here's what i want to here's what really shocked me last week while all this is happening at least the polls were reflecting it Biden has one of the worst approval ratings in modern history. Um, Kamala Harris uh, is almost non-existent, and she has a ridiculously horrible approval rating. The All the polls were showing that it looked pretty clear that the Republicans were going to win both the House and the Senate. Didn't even look like it was going to be that much of a stretch. And then all of a sudden last week, a poll comes out, and it was a Fox News poll. And they're actually showing the Democrats up by four points in Congress. How did that happen? I have no idea how that happens. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And when you talk to people, just average people on the street, and I try, I can't find anybody that supports what the Democrats are doing right now. I know. Yeah, the, the, the whole thing, the, the polling and all of that, the manipulation of the media, you just can't you just can't put a lot of trust in any of it. You really can't. No, you can't. Now, another topic I wanted to talk about here, the vaccine. Um, I talked about it a little bit on the last show. The statistics are horrendous. Young people dying. Uh, I probably collect a at least one or two stories every week. Um, One of our tribe members sent me one this morning. Uh, Let me go back and look at that one again. Um, Where did that one go? A 22-year-old female uh, basketball player just died. Uh, We have so many young athletes just falling over dead and nobody's talking about it. Um, All-cause mortality is through the roof all over the world, and it correlates with vaccination levels. There seems to be a lot of evidence that this vaccine kills people on a pretty regular basis, and it kills young, healthy people, the people that COVID didn't kill. So now we're – I was hoping – we had kind of gotten over this. There is almost zero demand left for the shot. And nobody is getting the shot anymore. People that wanted it already have it. Uh, People who didn't want it, it doesn't look like you're going to be able to convince them to take it no matter what you do. So they are, we're, we're losing, you know, we're just scrapping, throwing away tons and tons of doses because they expire and nobody wants them anymore. You know where there there is a new vaccine waiting for approval right now. I saw that and it looks, yeah, when they talk about, well, it's, it's uh, a little more effective in this, but it's maybe not as effective in that. I thought, you know it, what, uh, it, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's the exact same technology. It's not a vaccine. 
it's it's gene therapy. It, it's it's still mRNA. Exactly. But here's the crazy thing that I don't understand. They claim this one. What's the word for this? I forget the word. Not that it's going to mean much to anybody. Bivalent, untested bivalent COVID jab being rolled out. What that means is um, this is more like our flu shot now in, in that it covers multiple strains. So the original vaccine that's out there was only developed for the original strain. That's, that's all it's ever really been. And it wasn't very effective against that, but it was really not effective against any of the new strains. So now the, um, the BA4 and BA5 account for like 100% of infections now are BA4 and BA5. I'm not even sure if the original virus still exists on the planet. I mean, we probably have it in a lab somewhere, but I, I don't believe that any of the infections around the world anymore are the original version. But yet the shot has still has that original version in there. Why? Because it was never meant to fix a problem. It's a pharmaceutical and uh, globalist uh, efforts to decrease the population, to get rid of old people who are on Social Security. Uh, it's essentially been pharmaceutical euthanasia, in my opinion. I, I, you, you have so. to start to look at that really hard and say I, it, nothing they're doing is making sense. If we want to bring out a new vaccine and cover multiple strains, why are we covering a strain that doesn't even exist? It, it Nothing about this makes sense. And, you know, Fauci is on his way out. He decided two years to retire is too long. Now he's going to retire in December. Um, I, I don't understand why Congress still can't go after him just because he retires. Oh, they can. Oh, well, they, they can and they will. And uh, I know that uh, the efforts of the people that I'm aware of are, are not going to stop one bit. And hopefully they'll get him under deposition before you're in. Good. So Good. That's, uh, that's the plan. That's what the hope is. And it's uh, gaining a lot of momentum. There are sheriffs throughout the country that are starting to look into uh, what, it, what essentially is potentially uh, murder. Uh, based upon these things, you know, I think I saw something yesterday, and I, I, I and I may be wrong. It, it was either three hundred or three thousand athletes worldwide have died in the last eighteen months. I, I don't were, know there was some unbelievable statistic. Yeah, and I don't know whether it's three hundred or three thousand. It could be either one, and either one would be insane. And I keep seeing the reports over okay. and over and over, and yet. You know, I'm trying to remember the case. I don't remember anything about this. It was a basketball team. I don't remember which team. It was in the 90s. Uh, and one of the players... Well, Hank, it was Loyola. Loyola, Loyola Marymount with Hank Gathers. I, I remember as well as anything. And he ended up having uh, a heart issue. And he ended up uh, dying. Um, that's the that's case. And that's when his teammate... Ended up shooting uh, free throws left-handed in honor of him and everything else. Uh, think of the news that made, and yet we're seeing soccer that, players dropping like flies all over the world. That was my point, and you remembered the exact case. I couldn't remember the case, but my point was going to be there are still people that talk about that today and analyze it because it was such an odd occurrence for a young, healthy athlete like that to collapse and die. And yet now it's weekly and nobody talks about it. And you read the articles and they say the exact same thing every time. No cause of death was reported. Why not? Why aren't we doing autopsies on these and talking about why these people are dying? Right. It's, uh, it, well, it just shows that there's, there is a massive, collusive area of not wanting to get to transparency or, or the facts. In, in our current world, 
with regards to pharmaceutical situations, uh, government overreach and regulation. I mean, the stories that are coming out of Canada, the stories that are coming. Well, let me, uh, let me tell you a story here. Uh, a friend of mine who I'm actually have to meet and one of my top uh, endorsers, his uh, granddaughter went in to the hospital for a transfusion and uh, from uh, some blood cancer. And in the process, they, they were told they needed to do chemotherapy on her. She's been not feeling well for about four or five months and had some issues. And, uh, and they were looking at all of their options. And when she went into the hospital for the transfusion, they refused to let her out of the hospital unless she started the prescribed chemotherapy against the parents' wishes. And if they didn't comply, they were calling Child Protective Services and taking all the kids away. This is in Texas, not Oregon, yeah, not Washington. Unbelievable. This is in Texas. Yeah. But this is, this is the medical tyranny that we're dealing with in our country. And there, we need to we need to stand up against it. And yeah. I know Stan Stanford just came on, and yeah. I need to actually run. But um, he can he can certainly elaborate on what all the yeah. efforts that are being made, and that what uh, any patriot that has any concern about this kind of tyranny can do something about. It would be I think you'll find it very interesting. But yeah, I, I, I apologize for having to run, but delighted to be with you today, Kevin. Thank you. Well, no problem. Great conversation. Thank Thanks for joining me. And uh, I did just look down at the board and I'm bringing Stanford in right now so he can at least say hello and goodbye to you before you got to run. Uh, Stan, welcome. Hello, Kevin. John, great to hear your voice. John? Glad to be with you, Kevin. Yeah. Hey, hey Stan, I'm sure you're uh, listening to what we were talking about. You're just itching to jump in here. This is uh, this is right up your alley, huh? Well, one of the alleys, right? That we're all um, that we're all pursuing. Yes, the uh, we've got some good news on our on the uh, Griner versus Biden case. Actually, the uh, last week the judge. Well, let me put it this way: as, as your audience knows, that I've reported previously, you know, back in, in July, July sixth, we had oral arguments in the Griner versus Biden case, and as you recall, it's a federal case in uh, in the federal district of Utah, in which we're looking for the, uh, the the court to overturn the injection mandate against healthcare workers. Um, oral arguments were hold, held on uh, two motions our preliminary injunction in the Biden administration's motion to dismiss. The outcome of that was at the court, whereas the, uh, the DOJ sought a summary decision from the court to dismiss our case uh, right from the bench at the end of the oral arguments, which the judge uh, refused to do and to take the matter under advisement. And while he did so, uh, he also made a point at the end of those oral arguments to advises that he was keeping our ability to submit evidence open. Um, since that time, we have we had submitted these six uh, additional pieces of evidence, including uh, Fauci's admission that the uh, that these injections were their their purpose was to reduce uh, symptom severity, not inhibit transmissibility and infectivity. Um, we have. Uh, which is actually a statement of, you know, basically these are not vaccines, these are medical treatments, since they don't provide immunity, just symptom control um, or symptom severity. Uh, Dr. Deborah Brooks came out a few weeks later saying, well, she knew all the time these injections weren't going to provide any kind of immunity protection to anybody for anything. Uh, that admission that was published in the Epoch Times was submitted the evidence, the CDC's uh, scrambling efforts is discovered in their emails of de- changing the actual definitions of vaccine and vaccination. I mean, it's it's a pretty bad game when you have to actually shift the goalposts in front of everybody uh, and, yeah, and still is. claim that you're winning. You know, I so uh, fortunately, you know, as, as far as the, 
heard you the conversation with John about the basketball team. You know, fortunately, we don't in in real games of competition like that. You, the uh, I don't I don't remember anybody actually being able you know setting up a, a basketball standard or you know the goalposts, uh, a hockey cage or soccer cage. You know that were actually movable that you move them during the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Know? No. Yeah. That's Nobody not does how it that. Works. I think everybody from the stands is quite foul. Wait, you know, what's up with that? But no, the CDC. You know, an institution charged with our health can actually do that, and. Uh, in, in front of everybody, yeah, and think that they can uh, get away with it and consider the game uh, played fair, or this is a level playing field. We're actually trying to, uh, you know, promote public health as opposed to its opposite. Well, anyway, so all that, all those uh, submissions of evidence, Kevin, we had to make based on motions to supplement our evidentiary record. Uh, the judge, we received two orders last week, signed by the judge granting our motions to submit that evidence. So here's a great thing. That evidence is in the court's evidentiary record, and we have not yet received the court's opinion. The court has not yet published its opinion from our oral arguments back in July. So um, that evidence has been officially received and accepted by the court in advance of the opinion being written. Those kinds of admissions, Kevin, from Burks and Fauci. And we have some others as well. I mean, the latest you know, from the CDC saying that, see, the protocol, you know, treatment for vaccinated and unvaccinated is now the same. It's as if those who were vaccinated have no benefit uh, from those vaccinations that the people that were not vaccinated. Right didn't get because they chose not to be vaccinated. It's like, well, whether you have a star on your belly or not, you know, the star belly sneak story, Dr. Seuss, now it just really doesn't matter. Right. (laughs) Right. Again, just changing the goalposts. And uh, what uh, the CDC director now coming out and just saying, well, we've got this really wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's some of the most remarkable. Put Put that on her tombstone. Whenever that happens, you know, in her obituary or whatever, we got this really wrong. And you know what? We were saying that in 2020. We were saying it in 2020. Most of this stuff that they got wrong was so obvious then. The problem was, if you said it or posted, you got deleted, censored, banned. And yet now they're admitting that. What was what they were banning people for was absolutely correct. That's right. So let me give you Which another example of this. The, which shows you the rules of the game. Yeah. Let me give you another example of this, and I, I posted this. It's going to be a little hard to understand. It's easier if you can see this, um, but this is from the CDC's website, and. There was a section there, facts about mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. And they had three basic bullet points with some sub-bullet points. So I'm going to go through them right now. The first bullet point, mRNA COVID-19 vaccines cannot give someone COVID-19 or other illnesses. And then the sub point is mRNA vaccines do not use any live virus. That's correct. mRNA vaccines cannot cause infection with the virus that causes COVID-19 or other viruses. That's true. The vaccine can't give you the virus. I don't think anybody's ever argued that it could, but you can still get the virus. I mean, we certainly know that. The second bullet point, they do not affect or interact with our DNA. Now, this is a concern, and but the, here's their sub-bullet point. mRNA from these vaccines do not enter the nucleus of the cell where our DNA is located, so it cannot change or influence our genes. Well, that may not be true. There was some studies in in vitro in cells, not in the human body, but in cells that it actually does enter the nucleus and alter the DNA. So I don't think that one's been settled yet. That one is still there, though. Now, there was a third bullet point, and it said the mRNA and the spike protein do not last long in the body. The sub 
checkpoints are our cells break down mRNA from these vaccines and get rid of it within a few days after vaccination. The next bullet point, scientists estimate that the spike protein, like other proteins our body creates, may stay in the body up to a few weeks. Now, the concern here is that that spike protein multiplies, moves around in the body, and we're finding it all over the place. Well, guess what? That third bullet point, if you go to the same website now, is gone. The third bullet point isn't there anymore. Well, what do you know? We had to use the the yeah. Internet's Wayback Machine to do this, but yeah. that, that, that was there. That was a bullet point. They were telling us that this spike protein does not last in your body, except they've moved the goalpost again because they took that one away. So I'm assuming now that they know, they absolutely know, and we can prove that that spike protein stays in your body. Yeah, it's provably false. In fact, they've, uh, we know that uh, uh, it's, it remains there up to 15 months, and it hasn't been tested beyond that point. The fact of the matter is they, they, they should really just have one bullet point that says, we don't know. We don't know. And we haven't bothered to try to figure it out because obviously we don't care. Right. We don't know. We don't care. Right. right. Those are the two bullet points. Yep. And so I think it's ironic. And uh, there's a little bit of Pittsburgh still over at the CDC to, to print something, to publish something on the website uh, with the thought that that it's believable that people would actually consult it uh, for the purpose of discovering what is scientifically true. Given uh, their admission last week that they got this really wrong, and I, I it just uh, it, it took my breath away to hear that um, that admission. It, just, it sounded more, it sounded like. Uh, an admission of, well, we really shouldn't have taken the cookie out of the cookie jar, Grandma. That was a really bad choice. Instead of saying, well, let's see, how many millions of businesses have we destroyed? Exactly. Right. Uh, they, we got this really wrong. And, uh, and, how, and the, the, uh, incur- the incursions on our fundamental God-given right you, of association, worship, travel, speech. Um, we got... And, and, and they lead with, we got this wrong. Yeah. And, and you're right. Damage, which is immeasurable. It, the psychological damage, which is immeasurable. You know, the physiological damage, which is immeasurable. I mean, it's just astounding. Yeah. And, and you're it's right. Taking in its stupidity. About the attitude of it. Like, it, first off, it was kind of shocking that they actually admitted. At first, you're like, wow, they're really going to admit this. But then you realize... They're totally safe admitting this. They kind of blew it off. They downplayed it. They can say they admitted it. The media didn't pick up on it at all. Why aren't we talking about all of these issues? And why aren't we? Why isn't this headlines everywhere till we work this out? Several of my favorite small businesses in the area are just gone. They're not coming back. They're yeah. gone. They went out of business. Yeah, where, 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 where are the... Uh where are the peaceful protests outside the CDC? Yeah. Where and, are the and, free protests outside the NIH? You know, where are the peaceful protests you know, in front of the Capitol building? Uh, yeah. In front of the, you know, where, where's the public outcry here? Yeah. And, and where's the media? Uh, where, where's the media? Where's the because media? honestly, yeah. the public has a hard time getting any real traction or getting noticed, especially if the media won't cover it. So even if people do go out and protest and complain, the media won't cover it. So yeah. it never gets any traction. And, yeah. you know, it, it's it's bad when a small business goes out of business over this. That's really sad. But you know what's worse? We have destroyed the lives of some children that will never recover from this. This, this will determine their path in life for the rest of their life. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true, Kevin. I was on a, a call with the doctor yesterday, and uh, 
one of my observations during that conversation was that the tsunami event has happened. It has already happened. And uh, the consequences of that occurrence are coming. We're seeing the edge of it now you know, in terms of, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's the point that you and John were speaking about, the death of these, these unexplained deaths of these athletes. I mean, that, but you take a look at the at death rates in almost every age category over the last year is up at least 150, 140 to 160%. You know, the only age category, you know, the only age group that isn't up the elderly, the one that should be up and it should be up because COVID killed mostly older people but what happened and again they weren't talking much about this most of the older people that died with covid the estimate was they would have died in that calendar year anyway so it, yeah. it's like the, the, elder, it, yeah, it, the cool yeah it, in the elderly we didn't see any big increase yes a lot of them died from covid but they were going to die anyway that's what happens when we get old. Old people die a lot more often than young people do. Except now all of a sudden we have an awful lot of young people dying that seems to be caused by the vaccine. Yeah. And it's in this context, Kevin, still, it's in this context, again, the point that you make right there that um, you, know, you still have the, the FDA approving you know, use of these injections for infants. Oh, it's, that, it's, it's sure. criminal. Criminal. Many, many other countries have stopped giving the vaccine to children completely. And we're still pushing it. And why are we bringing out a new vaccine that covers multiple variants and it still has the original virus in there? Nobody gets the original virus anymore. I don't even think it exists in the wild. No, it doesn't. Why are we vaccinating for it? Why are we doing that? Yeah. Pressing questions from Kevin Rutherford. There's just, there's just never category. any answers. I get so frustrated. Well, I'll tell you, the, um, we're expecting any time now. The, that, that, I think I said that three weeks ago. But uh, we are expecting any time now the written opinion from the Griner versus Biden case. Here's, and here's the thing, Kevin, with a, with a win in that category, if court comes back with an opinion that this injection was not a vaccine, the, the civil liability issues arise and criminal issues arise. The, uh, I think I, I may have referenced a few weeks ago on the show the, the Dextra the Pfizer uh, case, um, it's a drug Bextra that the DOJ prosecuted criminally, Pfizer, in 2010 for deceptive promotion. Yes. Not because they had killed people, not because of uh, the, not because the, the drug's ingredient list or its uh, research or its side effects had been you know, they had attempted to shield for decades. Uh, they had tried to prevent from public disclosure. But they were prosecuted for the crime of deceptively promoting a drug. Right. That is, very specifically, they were, they were promoting and advertising off-label uses. That is, uses for which it had not been tested and approved by the FDA. Correct. Yep. That's a crime. Yes. And uh, they were prosecuted for that, and they reached a settlement with the DOJ, which is still the largest settlement ever, which is $2.3 billion. Um, When we get a conclusion out of the Griner case that this injection was not a vaccine, well, I've taken a look at the statutes from the Baxter case, and they apply in this case. Interesting. The deceptive promotion because all we heard was that this is a vaccine over and over and over. President himself, President Biden said, you get this injection, you will not get get COVID. We we have them all on record saying that. 
Earth said it. It's yeah. And they knew. Now we know, as a function of their own admissions, most recently in the last few weeks, that they knew at the time that they made those statements that those statements were false. Yep. So here's another question to ask. If it's not a vaccine, then does the 1986 Liability Protection Act that creates this liability shield for all vaccine manufacturers, for any injury or damages caused to those who are injected with their vaccines, does that actually apply? It shouldn't. Well, if it's, if it's not a vaccine, then there is no application right. of that liability protection shield, right? Well, then, then we have medical malpractice and product liability statutes that apply like they would to a toaster. And... And it, if it doesn't work, or you just you've deceptively promoted this, and uh, and it causes injury against which you did not, uh, you know, suggest well, protection, then isn't this? That's, I'm it, looking. Yeah, isn't this the same way they prosecuted all the opioid cases? They never claimed that there was anything wrong with opioids. They're, they're safe drugs when used properly. I, I thought all the cases were because of the way they promoted the drug. That's what they sued yeah. them over, right? Yes. And so, you know, there's, I think we're on the cusp, Kevin. I think we're on the right on the cusp of some very significant uh, legal outcomes as a function of the way that they set this, uh, the way this table was set. Excellent. Coming out and claiming this is a vaccine, uh, seeking, you know, doing that under the auspices of an emergency use authorization, as well as the uh, liability protection <laughs> shield. If it's not a vaccine, then, then what law does apply? And if they've deceptively promoted this, uh, if the government's done that, and then by extension, the willing uh, healthcare professionals, but put that in air quotes, yeah, the willing healthcare professionals who promoted that uh, that asinine message, and I regard it as asinine, the, uh, the liability attached to them making statements that A, in representing A, this is a vaccine, and it's safe and effective. So... It- I, I do think, Kevin, we're on the we're on the cusp of some, I hope so. some very I, significant changes in the in the legal uh, in the legal field. I, I really hope know, so. It, it's oh, go ahead. I was going to say the uh, plaintiffs' lawyers usually get a uh, um, usually get a bad rap from the public. You know they right. how they right. They, public refers to them as ambulance chasers and things like that. But I'll tell you what, this is a, this would be a, I think a time when the public would approve of the work of some plaintiff lawyers. Yeah. Well, I do. On a large scale. And and I'm not always for, you know, these big liability cases and, and we do have some problems with, you know, tort laws and all kinds of things. I, I get that, but this is a case where, where we absolutely need this. I'm glad to hear there's some progress is at some point, is anybody ever going to address all the VAERS data? Yes. Yes, that that will be addressed as a function of uh, of uh, discovery in these cases, because uh, that that data will then be uh, subject to subpoena. Good people who publish it will be subject to subpoena, as well as all their communications. Yeah. Somebody needs to explain that anomaly because that does mm. not make sense whatsoever. When you watch the VAERS data for three decades, barely budge yep. from year to year. And some years actually went down. It wasn't even a steady increase. Yeah. You know, over time, there were there were multiple years no, where, no, where incidents went way down. And you yep. watch that trend for three decades decades and then all of a sudden in yep. 2020 that line goes through the roof and nobody is talking about it if you mention it 
the government's answer is, oh, well, that data is never verified, so it's not accurate. Well, then why the hell do we have the program? No, I think the we have some uh, we have some progress on some other fronts as well on the uh, criminal prosecution side, Kevin. Good. We are getting we are getting agreement and cooperation uh, agreements from and cooperation with uh, county law enforcement officials. I, I, I know you've got a, a lot going on. Have you um, read up on the Alex Berenson Twitter lawsuit? I have not, Kevin. If you look up Alex Berenson on Substack, Alex Berenson used to be a writer for the New York Times. He's definitely not a conservative. Mm-hmm. I don't believe he ever has been. Um, he has mm-hmm. been all over this issue from day one. He's done just an amazing job of reporting on this. Um, Twitter banned him completely. Just d- deleted his mm-hmm. entire account, banned him completely. And he sued them over it. And there were... This case is still ongoing, but he's reported here recently. So if you go to, if you find his Substack, um, he reports on this pretty regular. He has absolute proof, ironclad documentation that the government absolutely put pressure on Twitter to ban him. So yeah, I wouldn't doubt that at all. Yeah. Yeah, he, he has the, the documentation has come to light. It's in it's in the documents. It's clear as day. Um, lots of correspondence between the Biden, the upper level executives of the Biden administration and Twitter t- about Alex oh, yeah. Berenson. I, I, if that isn't honestly, if this isn't one of the biggest First Amendment cases, I, I don't know what would be. Why isn't this being talked about more? Listen, that's a big deal. I, I tell you this, that one of the, another case that um, uh, would be helpful to look at because it was a close look at this case and actually speaking with the gentleman who's the subject of the case, uh, Dr. Shiva Ayudari. Yes. Uh, he ran for, he ran for Senate in Massachusetts. Yep. As you may recall. And uh, he's this fellow who actually developed the electronic, the email system, and uh, has several PhDs from MIT. Obviously, brilliant guy, actually represented himself in court. And his discoveries, pursuant to his, uh, the documents that, uh, that he discovered, pursuant to his discovery process in that case, uh, demonstrated um, quite clearly that, uh, that Facebook uh, and other social media platforms receive their direction from the federal government. That is so he wrong. Clear. He brought his, he, just, he brought his case because he was because he was, his uh, social media uh, platforms were shut down. You know, and I, uh, which impeded his ability to to be elected. And and it was yeah. There's some things there. We can talk about perhaps off the air, but there's some things there that were just studying in terms of how integrated uh, the federal government is with uh, with social media. Yeah, you know, I, when this... The, 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 the dynamics are, as you say, that uh, social media receives its... Those, those folks receive their directions from the federal government, which is why you hear uh, a lot of clamor in the halls of Congress about Section 230 protection. We got to do something about social right. media, and you know, right. you guys are I, publishers, and, I, I, and nothing happens. You wonder, you want, you want to know why? Yeah, I, I was very clear about this from the beginning. When when we started getting banned, censored, deleted on several platforms, I actually came out and said, "Look, I don't like this, but I agree with it's their platform." 
They're a private company. It's their platform. If they want, if these are their rules, that's fine. But two things should happen. And, and one of them is that they should lose their protection against lawsuits because they are choosing to be a publisher. They are choosing what gets published and what doesn't. And if that's the case, they are no longer a platform. They're a publisher. They should be liable for everything that gets said on their platform. And there is no way they would ever let that happen. They couldn't. They would be sued out of existence. So that should end. And I defended them. I said, this is their right. I'm not defending them anymore because it wasn't them. We now have absolute proof that this was the federal government pressuring them to do this. Now, now we have all kinds of issues here with the government and these companies. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like I said, we could have a conversation off the air about that, about uh, some of the things that Dr. Ayudari found as a function of his uh, discovery in that case. Yeah. Just stunning. And I I, I lost, I know there's, there's some members of the Senate and, uh, and the house on the conservative side that I, I thought were good guys. They're not good guys. I'm, you know, in all of this, I'm wondering where the hell the Republicans are at all. Yeah. It's almost like they're just sitting back and accepting this. Or what's in a name, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, Or it could be because they benefit from it. You know... Think back to um, the 90s and Clinton's, um, you know, midterms mm-hmm. and how he had to shift and become moderate. But something else happened. And I don't know if the time, I'm pretty sure this was all about the same time. Wasn't that when um, Newt Gingrich came out with, um, boy, I hate to even say the name. What was the name of that? Um, their kind of rescue plan for the U.S. contract. Yeah, the contract oh, with America. America. Remember how yeah, powerful that was? Why aren't the Republicans Absolutely. doing that right now? Why don't the Republicans come out right now today strongly saying, we can mm-hmm. fix the border and here's how we'll do it. We can fix crime. Here's yeah. how we'll do it. We can fix our energy problems. Yeah. Here's how we'll do it. We can fix inflation. Yeah. Here's how we'll do it. We can even go back. We can't fix the effed up exit from Afghanistan, but we can at least go in and protect the people we said we were going to protect and get them out of there a year later. Why aren't the Republicans coming? They are missing the biggest opportunity ever. They should have a nationwide blitz on how they have a plan to fix all of these things. Yeah. Again, this is a, it's a matter of concern because it's, the case that you laid out, the platform that you just laid out, would not. It's it's obvious what it's obvious what would benefit uh, we the American people. What policies would benefit us? Where are our champions in the halls of Congress? Yeah, where, where, are, where are the champions of the people that we elect? You know, to to put them in that representative capacity because it's not a difficult message to ascertain or deliver. You know, much less solve. These are not complex. Some people say, well, these are complex issues to solve. I I don't think they're that complex. No, they're not. Not any more complex than the the businesses we run, Kevin. Exactly. And it's not anything we haven't done before. We fixed these kinds of problems before. This isn't rocket science. Where are more people like Rand Paul? So we could use a few more. A few more of him, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, he's got a couple issues that he's just not going to let up on, and Dr. Fauci's one of them. I'd love it when he gets on Fauci. Well, I'll tell you, he has all our evidence. Good. Uh, My only, on that, I I do support uh, Senator uh, Paul. Uh, He has more than he's delivering. He, He could have done... A lot more. Yeah. Well, see, then that could have been yeah, a lot more. That worries me too. One more, one yeah. more topic, and I think we're going to wrap this up. Um, I saw a really shocking statistic last night that was pretty incredible. Uh, we're watching night after night after night on the news. The crime is just insane. 
I don't know why anybody would go to a big city these days. Um, it's just disgusting what we're watching as far as violent crime, robberies, all that stuff. Did you see the statistics for Miami? Oh, the murder rates? Are you talking about murder rates in Miami? Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's the, the, they're the highest in the country. No. They? No. I, I was blown away no. by this. The, so, Tell me. So in Chicago, don't we see these statistics like every weekend, 32 people got shot and seven people got killed? And that's like every weekend, right? Right. And they're probably what, up in the three, four hundred range for murders this year, I would imagine by now. So there's a DeSantis effect on uh, on murder in Miami. Well, the 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 mayor of Miami is getting the credit for this and and he probably should so far year to date number of murders in Miami 28 it's the lowest since the 1930s oh my gosh no I have not heard that I hadn't either at all I hadn't either why isn't that big news why aren't all these other mayors asking him what he did well he told everybody what, what he did doing? guess what he did yeah. guess <laughs> what he did uh, we hired more police officers than ever oh. that, by the way, yeah just enforce the hire the police just, to enforce the laws just that enforce are the, the laws that we already have that's it just hire enough people to enforce the laws keep the criminals off the streets don't let them back out the low they even said oh, but Kevin, it's, it's, it's the lowest it's gotta, number it's since the 1930s and i guess in the 1930s al capone lived in miami oh yeah. well <laughs> Kevin, it's got, there's got to be some other explanation i mean there's uh, gun sales must have dropped off precipitously in Miami. I mean, it's got to be that. Right, right, you know? right. Yeah, I even it's think... Gotta, it's gotta be, there's got to be some other explanation than, than the logical one. So. Yeah, I even think I saw a headline that um, there... Uh, let's see. Here we go. 2024 White House race could soon heat up as GOP mayor teases potential run. It's the... Uh, and I've never even heard of the guy. I mean, nobody knows his name. Who's the mayor of, of Miami? How many people know that na- that answer? I can't tell you. I couldn't. Uh, Francis Suarez. We might actually see him run for president. Wow. Well, you know, like I said, uh, you observed uh, all the different uh, issues that could be resolved by you know, some, uh, a good team of competent people in very short order. Yep. Now, and, uh, I, I am you know, fully convinced we are going through a recession, and I don't think anybody could change that. You could vote in all the Republicans you want. We, it, It's not going to change that. That pattern has been set up. No, the money, the money, it, the, yeah, the money has been printed, and it has been disseminated. Right. It, that's done. So. It's going to happen. All we could do now is hope to maybe make it um, – a little bit of a softer landing and a little shorter, except everything our current administration is doing is the opposite. They're going to make it a full-blown crash landing, and it's going to last for a long time if they keep going the way they're going. Well, they would have to dramatically change the energy policies, energy production policies, because those are really the two, the train wreck that uh, they've orchestrated, which is the money supply policy and then uh, and the uh, energy yeah. production. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, know, you get that inflationary dollar and then the cost of everything, like you're, you're squarely in the middle of that. The, you know, what happens when, when the price of oil goes to, I don't know, 200, 300 bucks? Yeah. What what, hap- what happens to the cost of diesel? And diesel runs the world, whether yes, it's a it tanker or a truck. Yes, it does. Period. And and we get a fuel surcharge in the industry. We get paid for it, so it doesn't really hurt us other than it will hurt the economy, which then eventually hurts us. Uh, but it's, yeah, yeah it's... It's a bad situation, and I swear I'm just confused about the midterms because 
the Democrats just seem to ignore it. Like they don't even have to be concerned about the midterms. Yeah, that's a, that's a strange thing. There isn't a lot of, uh, I don't know. I don't, I just don't hear too many people. I don't hear the campaign. I don't hear the Republican campaigns. No, they should be all over this. And I don't understand why they're not. All right, Stan, great conversation today. I uh, certainly appreciate you joining me. I think we're going to wrap this up. Kevin, I just want to, as we wrap it up, I'd like to end on a positive note. Good. Because there are a lot of people like you in the world that are out doing, proactively doing good things, proactively making changes, proactively educating, proactively shining spotlights in dark corners, which is necessary because a lot of great people listen to you. Uh, and the great, the good and great people in this country are the common people. And uh, it's the most powerful, it's the, it's the greatest force for good in the world, is the good people of this country. And we're still here. And so, I just, you know, all your listeners do not give up. Um, we are making progress. Uh, we have we, we need to stick together. We need to stay together. That's how we can, that's how we'll eventually win. Excellent. So, I agree. The words are coming. I the agree. The words are coming. We, we've I got hope them. so. We've, we've experienced them and they're, and they're coming. More are coming. I'll tell you, there's some phenomenal, tell you, Kevin, there's some phenomenal county law enforcement officials. In that's this exciting. And, and they're, and you know, one of the things that they do one of the things that they do is they investigate and prosecute crimes. And they investigate and prosecute murders. Excellent. That, and that's, that's, that's coming. That's good news. That's coming. That's good news. Yeah. Excellent. Stan, thank you yeah. so much for all the work you're doing. And thank you for being a part of our show here. And, uh, I, and you know what? I also have to thank you for Cardio Miracle. I, I'm kind of hooked on that stuff now. Mm-hmm. I was actually just mixing up a little bit myself. So, you know, my, uh, yeah, I'm grateful for it. You know, my newest version, I really like it this way. So, I have one of those big Yeti tumblers that keeps it nice and cold. So, I do sure. two of those a day. Yeah. Um, I put a pretty, yeah. pretty big splash of apple cider vinegar in there before I mix it. Boy, I really oh, wow. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give that a try. Yeah, I really I like that. that. I haven't tried that yet. I, uh, All right, man. And Lisa doesn't like really acidic stuff. Like she doesn't like vinegar typically or pickled foods or anything acidic. Mm -hmm. And um, we both use the same Yeti tumblers. So sometimes we get them mixed up. And I, when I figured out the apple cider vinegar, I didn't even think about putting it in her. She hates vinegar. So one day Mm -hmm. we were, she grabbed mine by mistake and she took a drink. She's like, this tastes different and it's really good. What'd you do? And I said, well, I put a little apple cider vinegar in there. So now that's how she drinks hers too. And she doesn't even like vinegar. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So give it a shot. Well, I'm going to give that a try. Yeah. That's fantastic. I will. Yeah. And then it makes it, you, makes it probiotic. Now we're helping our gut bacteria too. There you go. There you go. All right, Stanford. Great stuff. We will uh, we'll do it again next week. Thanks as always, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Roger that, Kevin. Take care and say hello to Lisa for me, will you, please? We'll do. All right, we'll do. All All right, right. we're going to wrap this up. We will see you back here tomorrow for Destination Health. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.